Hello. Yo, 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 yo. And welcome to another Vavavum episode of the Comedian's Paradise. Now this is the podcast where I interview chap banter with fantastic large and life characters who help comedians live life on their own terms. If you like this podcast and you like this episode, share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review on Amazon and iTunes. Support us. Now today's Vavavum. Joyous guest. It's Craig McLeod. He's an English expat on the Australian comedy scene. And he's a very open, intriguing man who gives us a fantastic bite-sized introduction to Australian scene as an expat. You are going to love him. Let's chat to him. How would you describe the sort of the structure of the Australian comedy scene? Because I know that Melbourne is the Edinburgh equivalent in Australia. Yeah. And I hear it runs for a month. Does that include yeah. anyone? Can anyone go up yeah, there? Yeah. Anyone can do a show. Uh, I think maybe this year is going to be slightly different because of COVID. I think they are going to run a Melbourne Comedy Festival, but I don't necessarily... I don't 100% know if it's just open for everyone this year or whether they're just going to book the the top Aussie acts. So you've got festival-managed venues and non-festival-managed venues. So if you've got a bit of a profile, you'll probably be able to, or you're diverse, or you can apply, anyone can apply for a festival-managed venue, uh, I believe. Um, But then, yeah, to get one, you sort of need to, have a bit of a profile an existing profile because at the end of the day if the Mel- if the, if the Melbourne Comedy Festival give you a venue and promote you they think you're going to sell tickets because they're going to take their cut but anyone can self produce and self manage their own show and pick out a venue and pay all the rent and whatever and then whatever money they make goes all in their pocket um and then yeah i guess i guess a lot of people that become successful within the Australian comedy industry is because they had at least one really good comedy festival show that got them noticed by industry people, which I think is similar to Edinburgh, but you've probably got more chance of becoming successful just from doing stand up within the UK than what you have in Australia. I think to be sort of, to make a living just purely from doing stand up you would have to be making a big chunk of your money from the Melbourne Comedy Festival every year. Um, but I think a lot of people, that, the, bigger, the bigger comics in Australia are, are making their money up with TV and radio work. Okay. Yeah, I hear there's quite a few podcasts and like there's a... Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, there's a few, there's a, there's a couple, two or three really well, two or three bigger podcasts in Australia, comedy-wise. There's not loads, to my knowledge, although I haven't necessarily paid a great deal of attention to 
the Aussie comedy podcast scene recently, but there's there's probably the biggest one is the Little Dum Dum Club, which has been going for years, and um, they always do live shows during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. They they do they go to Thailand each year and do like a little podcast festival in Thailand and Aussies that are out there go and watch it. And some people that love the show that much will go, will go to Thailand when these guys are out there and go to the live podcasts out there and things like that. And being someone that's from sort of Britain, I've got two questions to ask. How did you adapt to Australia and how, how do you say the use of the term, the C word in is in Australia as opposed to the UK? Because I hear a lot of Australians say that someone's a good company. Yeah, um, I think it's pretty easy to adapt to Australia as someone that's British, you know, English speaking country, very westernized, originally founded by the British. So it isn't really that hard to adapt. I think probably one of the hardest things for me is the heat, uh, especially this time of year being summer. Um, and today's going to be like 31 degrees. And, but the sun over here is just so powerful that 31 degrees feels like a lot higher. You know, the, just the, the power of the sun is very potent over here. So I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, but winter over here is brilliant. I love winter over here. It's so good. Uh, spring and autumn, you know, spring and autumn over here would be the same as an, a, a British summer, a good British summer. And then winter would be, winter over here would be the same as like good, good British spring and autumn. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was the, what was the second question? Oh, cunt. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that British, British people used that word loads when I, when I lived in the UK. Everyone, everyone was I, I don't see that there's necessarily that much different because uh, you'd say it amongst friends in the UK and you, it'd be like a term of endearment. And I think the Aussies use it quite often as a term of in, endearment. I guess if you're using it within friends, it's a term of endearment. If you're using it against people that aren't friends then it's aggressive. So I think, I think, yeah, the Aussies use it a lot. The Brits use it a lot. I think it's just the Americans that don't like it as much but then the americans that have lived in the uk or australia are used to the words and i guess you get desensitized by it don't you yeah i think um having a british accent can be good during the melbourne comedy festival because there's normally a few british shows going so you can get on that get on those and they're they're paid gigs because it's hard to get paid i'm it's hard to get paid in Australia. I did a, I did a, I did get a paid gig before before Christmas, which was good. But like I say, I'm not doing it for the money. Um, do it for the enjoyment, and then if you get slipped some money at the end of the gig, then it's a bonus. With with all industries and all sort of performing artists, there's always gatekeepers and people that you all get on the side of. And like yeah. in the, in Australia, for you to progress and all that. Who do you need to be? What are the clubs and who are the people you need to get in with? Would you say? Um, yeah, there's yeah. Sydney's only Sydney's got hasn't got a Sydney's got a few gigs. Melbourne's got quite a few. Melbourne's got more gigs than Sydney has. 
Perth's I did I did Perth like ten years ago, and that only at the time I think it like literally had about six gigs all up. I'm sure it's got more there now, um, but normally most most of the big cities in Australia have like a dedicated proper comedy club. So I guess you just have to find out how you can get on there. Um, but quite often weekends, what I've seen weekends at Australian comedy clubs are. It's more about getting bums on seats so they sell discount tickets get people in from all over town and because the people have played because a lot of the people that are watching on are, are on those occasions aren't necessarily comedy fans and they've got cheap tickets they just want to get drunk and have a laugh with their mates they're not necessarily that invested in the show so they're it, it can be quite a rowdy kind of environment um but then yeah if you're doing comedy clubs you're probably getting paid so um, yeah, I guess you just have to get in with the promoters. Um, but yeah, like, like I say, getting paid in Australia specifically for doing stand-up is, is quite slim. Unless you want, you probably have to start organising your own gigs, you know. And, um, and then, yeah, charging a cover charge. There's, I, I guess, London's similar. Um, an open mic level anyway, there's just lots of free shows. So if you're doing a gig at a free show, the chances are you're not going to get paid. And then that can make the audience in itself just not really care. It's like, well, I haven't invested, I haven't invested any time. I haven't invested any money in coming to see this. So I don't necessarily care whether I pay attention or not. So I think probably for the good of comedy, it's, it's good to charge people to come and see it. But then if the product you're putting on isn't that great, then people aren't going to want to pay. So it's like as an open micer trying to make money it is very hard. Um, and I think in certain places like Perth, people in Perth are prepared to pay to go and do stuff. Whereas people in Sydney and Melbourne aren't necessarily prepared to pay. So, and I think in America as well, even doing gigs out there, like you can only sign up if you buy two drinks, you know what I mean? And things, things like that, 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 that America's good at generating cash more so than um, maybe Australia is. Um, but then the money's going to the venue, it's not going to the performers. So I guess it is just going to be a period of time where you have to sort of work for free to get good enough to be able to try and earn money out of it. What what have been some of your proudest moments and your biggest or what the fuck moment in comedy? Um, proudest moments, I suppose. I've done pretty well in a few comedy competitions back in the day. Um, I got to the, you've got Triple J's Raw Comedy, which is uh, a national comedy competition where the final is at the town hall in Melbourne during the International Comedy Festival. And the winner of that gets a trip to Edinburgh to go in so you think you're funny. Um, so you have like a load of heats, then you have state finals, and then the winners of the state finals go into the national final. So uh, the first year I did that, I got to the state final and had a really good spot, but didn't get into the national final. So that was, that was pretty good. Uh, and there used to be this comedy competition in Canberra that was a national one run by one of the, the um, agencies. There's only about two or three 
comedy agencies in Australia. So that was organized by that. And I got to the, the final of that. I think I came third, which isn't as that, but that, that's, that's entered by people already doing comedy. Whereas the triple J raw comedy, anyone can do it. So quite often people that have never done a gig will enter the triple J raw comedy. Cause that's triple J's, I guess is the equivalent of radio one over, over in Australia. Um, so yeah, doing well in comedy competitions. I've earned some money out of it. That's always pretty good when, when you, especially like your first paid gig and you get like 50 bucks at the end of doing a five minute spot. It's just like, Oh, if only I could, if only I could do like 10 of these or 10 or 20 of these spots a week, you know, it'd be good if you could do three paid gigs a night which you can in other parts of the world, but yeah, the, the demand and the, the money's just not there for it in Australia. Um, and what was the second part? What, what the fuck moment? Um, yeah. I've had people walk out whilst I've been on stage as a, as a result of them not really liking what I've done. Cause I find that people just, when they, when people get offended, like obviously I don't know what's going on for them at that precise moment in their life. But generally I find that people get offended because they haven't properly heard what you've said or they've misinterpreted what you've said, or they hear like a word like pedophile or something. And then just, they link it. They can't hear the word pedophile without, I suppose it is hard to like hear the word pedophile without thinking of, paedophilia but you can take the piss out of a paedophile without sort of bringing into talking about what they're doing if you know what I mean so just because you say paedophile doesn't mean anything bad really paedophile is just essentially a word okay. so I've had some I, I was doing a bit about a paedophile and some guy didn't like that and instead of just walking out he decided he'd stand up and tell me that he didn't like what I was saying and then walk out, which then the rest of the crowd is enjoying the, enjoying the set. But when that sort of major disruption happens, especially as someone's like, obviously I'm so offended by what you've said, like everyone else then sort of goes a bit insular and it's like the rest of that spot was fucked. You know, there's no point. You may as well, I may as well just have gone when he left, you know, cause you're not going to get much more out of the crowd as a result of that. So that, that's, that's sort of like, yeah. And getting heckled is quite funny sometimes, especially by drunk people. Cause they normally just give, give, give you enough rope for you to hang them. Cause they're so pissed and stupid, but I know. <clears throat> yeah. I got recognized at a kebab van. That was pretty funny. I did oh, a gig that's... at a comedy. Uh, I had a gig on the Wednesday night and some guys were at the show and then I went and stopped off at, got a kebab, a kebab van on the way home. And there, there, there were guys there and they were like, Oh, can we take our picture with you? And it's like, <laughs> if you want, but you're not going to know, you're not like five years time. When you look at this photo, you're going to be like, who's this guy? You know, it's just, it's quite funny that, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. People wanting their photo taken with me. And how do the how do the the social structure of the Aussie scene work? Like in the London scene, it used to be a lot of comedians used to hang out in 
Angel Company Club like Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, I have been, I've been there. Oh, it's a great place, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw one guy there that I really loved. His name was Nick Dixon, I believe. Oh, Do you know? God. Yeah, he's he's definitely he should be on TV. He's I mean he's been in Britain's Got Talent, but he is right up there with some of the yeah, best comedians in UK. He was he was headlining that night. I, I couldn't tell you anyone else that was on that night. He was the only guy that I can remember. But I thought he was really really good. He reminded me of a. Uh, an Aussie comedian a little a little bit just sort of like in the sort of not necessarily in material but just the the way they sort of were as a as a person um uh, an Aussie guy called Nick Cody who's doing really well over here now and um he, he's he's on tv and radio over here he's got a quite a good podcast uh, called mid-flight brawl with another good comedian um Luke Heggy who's um yeah so yeah Nick Dixon yeah um yeah, I guess I, I, went, I went and hung out at a comedy night last night. Um, I wasn't on, but I just thought I'd go down and see who was on and hang out for a little bit, which I don't do that often, to be fair. Um, which I don't necessarily feel like I want to do now that, like, I just, I like, yeah, you've sort of got to do it, to, like I was saying before, the networking, you've sort of got to do it to be able to get spots. Um, but... Yeah, I guess people, there are there are clubs, I guess, that people, comedy nights, that are good comedy nights that people will go to and hang around a little bit if they're not on. But then there's some people that will only go out if they're on and then they do their spot and they leave, which is fine. I've done that plenty of times. But so I, if, it's a, if it's a better gig that I'm doing, then I am interested to see the other acts, generally speaking. Um, and then there's certain comedians that I just love and I can watch their material over and over again. Um, but yeah, Melbourne, during the comedy festival, everyone uh, hangs out at the, it used to, I think it's called Max Watts now. It used to be called the Hi-Fi Bar, but that's, that, that's where they have the, the late night show. And that's where all the comedians sort of go to after they've done their shows and hang around and get drunk and stuff like that. And yeah, so... I guess that would be similar to Angel, I suppose. We might have frozen. Either that or you've fallen asleep. No, I'm d I do apologise. I don't know what happened to me. I've been a bit... Today's been a bit of a... Just give me a snap or something. Just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite, I'm not quite there. So just ignore me. In that so what's, what's the time over there? About ten thirty. Yeah, ten thirty. But so, what's all... your normal day like at the moment? Well, yesterday I went to bed at around um, two a.m. or something, and I woke up yeah. at around seven, and then I just did, did a lot of work and editing some of the podcast and trying to work online stuff um, yeah you need people for comedy shows and all that but it's yeah it's um yeah i don't know it's, it's getting, normally this sort of time i start getting a bit tired when I sort of, yeah yeah I, I, but yeah i mean effectively <laughs> I'm really sorry. Uh, effectively, what you said there is, yeah, 
it's 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 a hard thing, comedy. But I mean, you got to stick at it, haven't you? No, people are more likely to go and pay a cover charge to watch some local band than they are to watch local com- comedians. That's my experience within Australia, anyway. I don't know whether you you get the same kind of vibe in the in the UK or whether people are prepared to pay a bit more in the UK to see to see live comedy. Um, and yeah. like I say, America, they're good at generating money. They sort of make people pay in one way or another. Because you can go, if you go to a live comedy act in Australia and you, you, you can go there, not buy a drink at the bar, not pay for a ticket to get it and, and have like essentially two hours of free entertainment. Whereas in America, they're going to at least make you pay to get in or make you buy a couple of drinks. They're not going to just let you just walk into a venue, not spend any money and then get free entertainment, you know? So I think Australia sort of needs to maybe just get a bit more proactive in, um, in, in, in generating cash. Cause if people are out spending drinks, spending money on drinks at the bar, then they've got money in their pocket. So even if, if you get 20 people paying 10 bucks, cause the price of a drink over here is 10 bucks, 10 plus dollars. So for the price of one drink, you know, you've got 20 people, $200. You can pay acts at least like a bit of petrol money, a bit of money for food, or even if you just pay the headliner and the MC, you know, at least you, you can see as a performer that if you work hard and get better, then there is financial reward. Yeah, it's it's one of the things. And so, do you, is there is there like a pay to play sort of system in Australia? Is it quite exploitive, no. like the like the American scene, or is it quite nice? No, I, yeah, I've never had to pay to do a gig in Australia. Um, and yeah, three when I was in LA at the start of last year, I, there's this comedy cafe in Hollywood that essentially is just an open mic cafe for open micers as it is open to the general public, but no one, no one goes in there. Uh, certainly during the day anyway, I went during the day and you have to pay five us dollars to do a spot. And as a tourist, you know, that was there for a few days and just wanting to do some gigs in America, I was quite happy to do that. But I guess if you're a, a comedian trying to based in LA, trying to further your craft, um, I guess it's guaranteed stage time, which is one thing, but if you're struggling financially anyway, and you're just trying to get spots and you've got to pay for all of them, it just, it's, um, it's another, um, it's another sort of financial hurdle to overcome. Well, it's a bit funny that there's quite, I think there's quite, there's uh, with laughing Buddha, a lot of their money is made from the open mic co- comedian. Right. If you look at the prices, there's so many comedians. You've seen it yourself in LA. There's probably yeah. as many comedians in LA and New York as there is in the entire Australia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe more. Maybe more with LA and yeah. And um, and like LA's got say it's got three really famous clubs. You've got the Improv, you've got the Last Laugh, and you've got the Comedy Store. And uh, the last, the, the I don't know if the Last Laugh do an open mic, but the Comedy Store do and the improv do and it's put your name in a in the hat get pulled out you get three to three three to five minutes of stage time and with the with the improv 
it's capped at, I don't know, the first 50 comics that turn up. So the show starts at, say, I think five o'clock, but from basically four o'clock in the afternoon, you've got comics queuing up to possibly do a spot, you know, which just seems unreal. Because if you, if you do, I guess, if you have a good spot there, then the club starts to notice you and then you, 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 move, you, you move up to the next night of amateurs. I guess it's a little bit similar to the, the gong show at the comedy store in London, like anyone can get on. And if you do well, you might get a different spot out of it. And that's the same with this, the comedy store in LA. They have the, the open mic on the Sunday. And if, if you're the best act on the night, then you get to go on, on the Monday night. And if anyone wants to sort of catch up with you and find out about your work, um, where, where's the best way for people to contact you, Craig? Um, they can message me on, I guess, Twitter or Instagram. My handle is Mr. Craig McLeod for both of those. I'm not a necessarily a prolific poster of anything, but, you know, if they directly, for some reason, want to directly contact me, then they can do that. Okay. And any, any, any last words? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I guess social media is really important in in trying to promote yourself with with comedy and having a good social media presence and profile. And um, I don't really have that at the moment. So I guess if I was going to try and um, up my game, like especially like I was saying, if I if I write a festival show and then try and do that in 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 and around Australia and even take it to Edinburgh. Um, I suppose during those times, though, people get saturated during social media about trying to buy buy tickets and gigs that are on. But I guess it's it's just the way of the world, isn't it? You have to sort of self promote yourself because if you don't, then no one else is is going to. And uh, you know, if you do these festivals, you have to be prepared to make a loss, don't you? Really? Yeah. Unless I write an amazing show that sells out and uh, wins me awards. And relaunches relaunches my comedy career to the next level. You just you just don't. That's the good thing about comedy. Like it is highly unlikely that will happen, but there is a possibility. You know, there's always hope. Just just yeah, exactly. Like, just like that pretty woman who who gives you who gives you one digit to her number when you do her homework for her. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah, you don't know you don't know what's around the corner at comedy if you've. If you've got a bit of talent and you're prepared to work, you just don't know what's around the corner. And I suppose that's the same with life in general, really, isn't it? If you're prepared to, to work at life, you just don't know what's around the corner. Yeah, a shovel and a spade. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. You've got to have, enjoy it, have a good pop. Anything can happen. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been good to chat no. with you. Sorry for sleeping. Sorry for what I did earlier. <laughs> That's quite all right. I, I thought it was funny. I thought I was like, fuck, we've frozen. Uh, you brought me back to life. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed this as much as the previous one, to be fair, if not more. It was, yeah, it was, it was, we had, we, each one had a different chat and we learned different things and 
yeah, definitely yeah. let me know if you're in London. I'll, I'll help you out. And yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, well, if I, don't, if I don't get over there this year, like I will, COVID, this is all COVID related. Like I want to come over, like, like I said, late August, early September, that kind of time. So if COVID allows me to, then I'll be over this year. But if not, it'll be next year or maybe even come over at Christmas time. But yeah, I'll definitely be there in the next six to 18 months. Right, yeah, it's it, and that the best time as well because most people will be with the needles in their arms and like, yeah, that's the yeah. perfect time. And if I've been if I've been um, doing a doing a fair bit of comedy for the previous amount of time till I come over, I'll be I'll be match fit, turn up match fit. That's what you got to do, isn't it? Ready and ready. Yeah. I'll, I'll break into the the cockpit and do a do a gig over the captain's PA system. <laughs> right, guys, if you don't laugh at these jokes, this plane's not going down. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna fly until you laugh. Oh, sounds awesome, and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll speak to you soon. Hopefully, take care. <laughs>